For the most part, there's nothing to worry about, even if your favorite college basketball team didn't quite blow away the competition on night one. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, thanks for tuning in to Locked On Big Ten. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Coming up on today's show, we're going to take a quick look at the first day of basketball around the NCAA. The Big Ten had 13 of its 14 teams tip off their seasons yesterday, everyone a winner, but not everyone got it as easy as everyone else. It was a whole bunch of warm-up games across the Big Ten, but not everyone had it quite again as easy as we'll we'll get to it in a second. Also later on we'll have John Garcia Jr. and he's going to tell us all about the latest recruiting news from around the Big Ten, some commitments to get to from over the weekend, and a decommitment to talk about as well with John. Our show today is brought to you in part by Nissan. We'll tell you more about Nissan here in just a little bit. Let's get right into what you may have missed yesterday on the hardwood. Now, again, we're not going to get into all of the games from last night, but there were a few. I'll go over the ones in which a Big Ten team did not win by at least 20. Just about everybody did a pretty good job in taking care of their first game opponents, but not everyone was able to put away their other, the the opposing teams with ease. Let's start with number 22, Michigan, which won by just 19 against Indiana, Purdue, Fort Wayne. Biggest concern here for the Wolverines is that Hunter Dickinson did just about everything. And that's not a concern. Hunter Dickinson is great. You knew Hunter Dickinson was going to be great. But everybody else around him really just took a little bit of time to get going. He scored the first, it was like 8 or 11 points that Michigan had. He was the one that kept this game at least at arm's length while Michigan tried to figure things out. And Western Michigan stayed in this thing for a little bit longer than I'm sure Wolverines fans would like, but Michigan does end up winning that game by 19 points. I chalk this one up to just inexperience playing together on the court out there. Michigan working with four new starters along with Dickinson, so Jawan Howard maybe a little bit trying to figure out exactly how he wants to work his rotations and figure things out, so that's definitely still something that's being molded and shaped together, exactly how that Michigan lineup's going to work. So I'm not surprised to see them at least not breeze to a first game win. Another team in a similar spot, Michigan State wins by 18 against Northern Arizona. A big question for Michigan State is who's going to be the guy this year? There were a couple of different players who stepped up and filled that role throughout the season for Michigan State last season, but you still have to find those guys this time around. Is Joey Hauser one of those guys? You imagine he would be. 18 points, 10 rebounds yesterday. Someone who you hope can come out and fill in those shoes for another team that's losing some talent from last season. And Nebraska beats Maine by only 13 points. Final score 79-66. to That came with a whole lot of easy buckets for Nebraska too against Maine. This is probably the team that I'm second most concerned about out of everyone that we've seen so far already. We'll get to the obvious one in a second. 
But Nebraska wins by 13, and that's with Sam Griesel shooting 9 for 12 from the field. Uh, with Keisei Tomanaga shooting 7 of 12 from the field. Uh, Main shot well, made 12 threes, cut the lead at halftime, made things competitive throughout against Nebraska. But my question is, what happens when those numbers aren't there? When those shooting days aren't there for, again, 9 of 12 and 7 of 12, and you're only beating Maine by 13 points? That's a little bit of a red flag for me. If I'm Fred Hoiberg, I'm definitely looking at this as something to have a lot to work on going into the next couple of practices. Because I'm not happy only winning by 13 and the way in which it happened. Again, you got some easy buckets, but there are buckets that you know aren't going to be there against teams that are really, really worth beating. Finally, the team that, of course, struggled most is Minnesota and the Golden Gophers. Final score, 61-60 to against Western Michigan. Minnesota struggled out of the gates here in this season. In this official game, struggles... Had had some troubles with St. Olaf in the first few exhibition games it had played. Minnesota looks like it could be just another year away from really being ready to compete under Ben Johnson. Uh, remember, this team was really just constructed of whoever he could put together after just about everybody left from Minnesota a couple of years ago. So with what he did last year, I thought was impressive. I think expecting too much of a leap forward this year is a little bit ambitious. Uh, Dawson Garcia was really good in this game. Minnesota is hoping to have Jameson battle at an all-Big Ten level, too. I'm telling you right now, if those two players are going to be at that level, Minnesota is going to be just fine. But with what we've seen so far, something's going to have to give. Because the Gophers have not played like that kind of a team. Like a kind of team that has two all-Big Ten caliber players at least from anything that I've seen so far this season. Is it there? Maybe. But I have yet to see it come out for the Gophers. Those are the teams that, again, won by less than 20, at least, in their opening matchups. I didn't want to spend too much time checking in on this, just because the big overarching theme is that these games largely aren't going to be mattering and aren't going to be what you judge these teams off of, probably even... A couple of weeks from now so they matter they count but when you're looking at exactly what your team is and what to get better at and what you need to of course try to recognize as a fan it's not exactly these first few games what you need to be looking at we'll get more into basketball as the season gears up we've got good games coming up even as soon as the end of the week here for the big 10 so we'll have plenty to talk about there. Coming up in a minute, though, John Garcia Jr. from Sports Illustrated is in to give us his takes on everything that we've seen lately in recruiting. A quarterback commit going to the Big Ten, one possibly leaving the Big Ten with a decommitment. We'll get to all of that with John here in just a second. Before we do that, though, on Locked On Big Ten, this week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the driver itself. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field and this week's thrilling moments, it has to be in Michigan State's upset win over Illinois. Peyton Thorne over to Jaden Reed. 
16 yards for a touchdown to put that game what would be out of reach by the end of it. And Michigan State pulls off a big upset over then number 16 Illinois in the Fighting Illini. This segment has been brought to you by Nissan and inspired by the thrilling new designs across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you over at Nissan. It's available at NissanUSA.com. More information on everything with Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten alongside John Garcia Jr. from Sports Illustrated in to talk a little bit of recruiting with us. I'm Nate Dickinson. Our recruiting here is brought to you and John brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. It's the sponsor of all of our recruiting segments across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the recruits that you want for your positions that are open easier and faster. To post your job for free, head on over to linkedin.com slash locked on college. All right, John, let's get into some of the latest recruiting news here around the Big Ten. I try to keep people updated just on the names and give a little bit of insight if I see like other offers from Big Ten schools and things that I know, but you're the expert here. Let's start first with something that's a little bit more than what you just see on the paper when you see a name decommitting. Uh, Bo Edmondson, a former Michigan State quarterback commit, three-star recruit for the 2023 class, now no longer a part of that class. And you were telling me just before we got on that this is something that goes a little bit deeper than just Edmondson here. Yeah, it it looks like there was a parting of ways of sorts uh, with, with this verbal commitment, something that is unfortunately common. And I say unfortunately for, for the recruits, right? A lot of these prospects um, go in and think they're done and, and sometimes they're not. And it's not always in their control, but that's the business of college football, roster management, talent acquisition, all of those things. But it kind of comes twofold in, in this regard. So Edmondson had been on board uh, for several months, almost a year at this point, kind of one of the founding members of this Michigan State class of 2023 got banged up during the season, hasn't played a lot of ball. So you could kind of view it on the surface level as well. Maybe it's an incomplete evaluation on on Mel Tucker's part, on Michigan State's part. But now we're hearing a lot of reports that, look, Michigan State's going back all in on Dante Moore. So optically, and again, optics are really the only part of this that, that we can really see, right? Coaches can't comment on recruits, so it's hard to confirm this until signing day. But optically, it kind of looks like you dropped one in pursuit of the other. Um, And look, understandable in terms of wanting Dante Moore on your roster. For us at SI, he's the number one player in the country. So the number one quarterback in the country um, out of Detroit. So naturally, a a friendly program in King High School to the Spartans. uh, But obviously, you had a quarterback on board. And the initial reason why it appeared as if Moore had moved on from Michigan State pretty early in the cycle was because they had Bo Edmondson on board. So a fascinating development to to keep an eye on, obviously for Dante in state school, plenty of familiarity, uh, even schematically with with what he does best and what Michigan State wants to do. There's a great fit there, uh, no doubt in my mind, but uh, he's been committed to Oregon since the summer months. Oregon is rolling on the football field right now, particularly at the quarterback position. Um, I checked in on some court, some sources on the West Coast. They still feel pretty good about, about holding on to Dante out in Eugene, but there's still six weeks to go uh, until National Signing Day. And obviously, if, if MSU was galvanized enough to initiate the parting of ways with Edmondson, if, if, if part of that was because they had Dante Moore in mind, 
they feel like they've got a chance, again, at least optically from where we sit in, in early November. Has anything changed publicly with Dante Moore to suggest that Michigan State has a reason to go into it? Not from what I've seen. Dante is a very quiet kid, uh, very much did not like that part of, of the recruiting process, uh, very internalized type of recruit. Um, and he'd always said he'd commit and be done. And that was going to be a big part of it. But he has since uh, confirmed to me personally that, yeah, a lot of schools continue to reach out. Um, he's had a huge you know, four year career at King High School there in Detroit. They're in the midst of another playoff run uh, that, that should be winding down here soon. He's already got one state title. So curious to see from Dante's perspective, once his season officially ends, do you show up on any of these other campuses? Obviously, geographically, if you do, and MSU is one that you're curious about, pretty easy to make that happen. And I'm sure uh, Mel Tucker and company would, would love to host him. But I haven't personally heard anything tangible to suggest that Dante is, is going to flip his verbal commitment from Oregon to Michigan State. But stranger things have happened in recruiting. Again, John Garcia Jr. with us here on Locked On Big Ten, giving a little bit more of the story behind maybe that decommitment from Bro Edmondson in the class at Michigan State. Let's move on to some other commitments that we've gotten lately, John. Over the weekend, a quarterback committing to Wisconsin, three-star Cole crew out of Colorado, 6'3", 190. Uh, what do you know about this guy as he ends up going to the Badgers? Yeah, I actually wrote about him before he had a Power 5 offer earlier this year. I thought he was a really nice sleeper that school should take a look at. He's a kid out of Colorado, so naturally not exactly the most fertile quarterbacking grounds like we would talk about Texas or California or Georgia in recent years. But man, he's been productive. Three-year varsity starter. He can run it. He can throw it. He can throw those modern manipulative arm angle passes that have become so popular in college football. And when you think about what Wisconsin hasn't had, it's kind of that, right? That modern shifty quarterback who can make things happen off script. Uh, so I think that's where he's a really interesting fit uh, for the Badgers. And uh, he continued to, to play dominant football here as a senior. I don't think they've lost a game uh, under his watch in 2022, his high school in, in Colorado. So he picked up some, some recruiting momentum finally, right? The Buffs offered the in-state school to Lane, uh, which is a top 25 program right now, offered and really tried to get him on campus, but they couldn't figure it out logistically. Wisconsin got him on campus right at the beginning of the season before making the coaching change. So really the question became, because Colorado had also made a coaching change, it became, hey, does the new staff or the current staff, I should say, not new, the transition staff, whatever we want to call it under Jim Leonard, how are they going to navigate quarterback recruiting altogether? And obviously, LaCruz still had that scholarship offer on the table, and, and he jumped on board with the commitment uh, here just a couple of days ago. But a really interesting fit, a productive player uh, who brings some modernization to that future Wisconsin quarterback room. And, and I also think, Nate, it, it says a lot about a program going through a transition, still picking up verbal commitments, uh, not only in terms of endorsing Jim Leonard as, as the likely candidate to keep the job there in, in Madison, but just kind of the culture of Wisconsin football. You, you kind of know what you're getting to the point that kids from even out of state and far out of state uh, make a visit and kind of say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm committing to this, this town, this university, this program and culture, as opposed to coach X or offensive coordinator X. I mean, it's just fascinating to see because 
there's always turnover in college football, but we don't see that benefit of the doubt given to certain programs. But Wisconsin is clearly in the minority and able to still, you know, recruit at a pretty high level, even without a quote unquote head coach. Do you think that Jim Leonard has passed that test if you're treating this year as an audition in his ability to recruit guys? I think so. Uh, he, he brings a lot of no-brainer uh, recruiting accountability, right? Having played, having coached, uh, having been a Wisconsin guy on top of all of that, you know, I think creates a, a bit of a fast track. There's precedent for that type of success uh, for a lot of different programs across the country and on the field. I mean, there's really no way to deny uh, that Wisconsin's looked a lot better since they made the move. I mean, the effort is different. The offense is actually moving the football uh, and that defense is still pretty darn good. So I, I do think that he's passed a lot of tests and, and there's, there's almost an expectation, especially from recruits that he's going to be the guy. The other name that came across the board is in the last week, Kamari Moulton, a three-star running back ends up with the Iowa Hawkeyes. Out of Florida, Fort Lauderdale, a little small guy, speed back 5'9", 180. He's listed at, uh, but a guy coming out of Florida that can be a nice get for Kirk Ferentz in that squad. I mean, in Florida, you talked about Colorado, not exactly the hotbed. Florida <laughs> yeah. is the place where everyone goes to get at least a couple of guys. Iowa gets one here. Why was this one of their targets? Well, he just brings a lot of uh, kind of Iowa flash to the position. I think, like you said, he's got enough speed and, and wiggle to, to be a counter to the conventional Big Ten downhill type of running back. But he's also got some grit. Physical player. I've seen him play defense uh, here earlier uh, in the 2022 season. This is a football player. And I think when you talk about a running back mentality, that should be a part of the equation at some point. Because we, we talk about running the football and catching it out of the backfield as the primary points. But when you're at Iowa, you've got to block, you've got to pick up in pass protection, pick up the blitz and kind of do all the little things well to potentially see the field. Uh, so I think Moulton brings a lot of that to the table. He's also a really well coached and versatile kid. Cardinal Gibbons in South Florida is one of the premier programs in the state. Um, I think he's got multiple state titles under his belt already as a high school senior, a high level coach, private school ball, kind of all those things, you know, going along with it that creates benefit of the doubt from the prospects uh, perspective there. So he's a winner, uh, versatile, physical, tough, and plays bigger than his frame uh, would suggest. Uh, he's been productive too. I think that's pretty important. Uh, thousand yard season in the last couple of years uh, there at Cardinal Gibbons when he's been really the focal point uh, of that offense. So I think that's a really nice get for Iowa and technically a flip. I think he was on board with Florida Atlantic. So not your typical uh, you know, headline driving uh, flip in recruiting, but a big one nonetheless, uh, where he was poised to stay home and, and play for Willie Taggart, who always wants to run the football. Now he's going to be able to do that up in the Big Ten, where a lot of Floridians have gone up and found some success. John Garcia Jr. is at Sports Illustrated, brought to us here today by LinkedIn Jobs. Thanks, as always, John, for joining us for a couple of minutes and updating us on everything that we need to know on some of these guys when we see their names come across as commits to Big Ten schools. We'll talk to you again, I'm sure, soon as more and more names come through and we learn more about this 2023 class. Thanks again for taking a couple of minutes to talk to us. Thanks for having me, Nate. I appreciate it. Thanks again to John Garcia Jr. for joining us for a couple of minutes here on the program. Before we wrap things up, we're going to get into Big Ten news. But first, BetOnline is the place to go for any of your online sports gambling needs. 
whether you want to find the latest odds and most lines on all of your favorite sports or are just looking to get yourself the information that you need to make sure that when you're placing your bets you have all the knowledge that you could want head on over to bet online and get all the information that you're looking for bet online has everything can be your one-stop shop for your sports gambling needs at bet online where the game starts Let's wrap up everything that from over the day in the Big Ten. Some more news from the tunnel incident of what's now becoming more than a week ago in Michigan. Uh, Coach Izzo from Michigan State Basketball chiming in on his thoughts on what happened at first. Uh, praised Mel Tucker he did in what was reported as swiftly suspending players in his words. Added, quote, I'm tired of Michigan State looking like the bad guy. There's been other bad guys and Michigan State's been sticking on that narrative to be honest that Michigan is definitely at least in part to blame still for this which is a, a weird I'd say at the least when you look at that video in the same story attorney Dave Diamond who represents one of the suspended Michigan State players is alleging that a Michigan player quote engaged with Spartan athletes with his helmet and swinging a punch, which is different than what we've seen in the videos for sure. And if it ended up coming out to be the truth, would certainly change the way I'm sure a lot of people think about what exactly is going on with this situation. But as again, that is just an allegation as of right now. Uh, in other news around the Big Ten, Nebraska safety Miles Farmer arrested over the weekend for DUI. He has been suspended for the upcoming game against Michigan and the Wolverines. And in other Michigan news, a fun quote from Jim Harbaugh, getting away from the news outside of the tunnel, uh, he said, quote, I would bet my truck, end quote, that Blake Corum would be on pace to at least match, if not pass, previous Heisman running back seasons, making a case for his Heisman candidate in the backfield now. Looking at the Big Ten schedule, a couple of games to tell you about on the hardwood in men's basketball, only one game to tell you about. Purdue is hosting Milwaukee. That game's at 6.30 Eastern time on Big Ten Network. And also a top 25 matchup in women's basketball. It's number 5 Tennessee visiting number 14 Ohio State at 8.30. That game's also on Big Ten Network. That's all for Big Ten or for Locked On Big Ten today. I'm Nate Dickinson. I'll be back with more on everything that happens in the Big Ten from now until tomorrow, here on tomorrow's episode of the program. Until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter. It's Locked On Big Ten One Zero, not T E N at the end. And I'm Nate with Sports. At Nate with Sports. I'm Nate Dickinson. <laughs> we'll be back again tomorrow. You're on Locked On Big Ten.